Hello and welcome to the Run With Soul podcast. My name is Beck Mitchell. I am your host and I am very excited to bring you episode seven today of a nine part series about the World Marathon Challenge. How I ran seven marathons on seven continents in seven days. That's right, you heard it. 168 hours from start to finish completing seven full marathons, which is 42.2 kilometers each, a total of around 300 kilometers in just one week, including travel. (laughs) You might think I'm a little bit crazy, but that's okay. Um, It was the race of a lifetime. And today in episode seven, we are going to be sharing some stories and the emotions and the lessons from marathon number six of seven. Uh, So race six of seven in seven days in none other than Fortaleza, Brazil, which was definitely an interesting place to run a marathon at that time of year. For those that don't know, in Brazil, in February, it's really, really, really warm. And when I say warm, I mean like super hot. And it just so happens that uh, because of the timing of how we came out of the Antarctic a few days before that and a few things in our logistics changed, it actually meant that we were starting the Brazil race at midday, in the middle of the day in the Brazil heat, which if I haven't mentioned, it was really, really, really hot. <laughs> this is probably one of my favorite races of all seven. I really enjoyed Brazil. Um, you might be a person that loves the cold in the winter. You might be a person that loves the hot and the heat and the summer. Um, I'm definitely a summer girl. I love the sunshine, the beach, the warmer climates. I love the heat. I love the sand, anywhere that's warm, uh, any day of the week, except for the cold is just not my thing. Um, Whereas, you know, that might be something that you love, but the Antarctic for me was like not my kind of temperature. (laughs) But Brazil, on the other hand, one of my favorite races, we were racing um, on like a a footpath, literally on the side of a beach. So I was able to look out over the water pretty much the whole race. And there was all of the Brazilian people on the sort of the beach and, and the footpath. And it was one of those races that we were really immersed in the environment that we were racing in. It was definitely feeling like the home stretch. This is race six of seven. (laughs) Not only was the sunshine out and it was the middle of the day, and I think all of us as participants were excited to be racing uh, where we could see. (laughs) A lot of the races were at nighttime. Brazil was in the middle of the day. So even though it was really hot, uh, we were excited to experience a bit of Brazil and really uh, soak in the atmosphere, which was really cool. Don't know if I've mentioned, but it was really, really hot. (laughs) It was also humid. So when I say hot, it was around 36 degrees Celsius. um, And that's that's a pretty warm temperature just to be sitting in any normal day of the week. Um, But to actually run and perform a marathon in 36 degrees Celsius is is very difficult to do. Um, But then you add the humidity of Brazil on top of that. And sometimes throughout that race, it felt like you couldn't breathe. Like it was just super, super warm. I was loving it and I was really excited to kickstart race six of seven. Uh, The idea that Miami in a very short space of time um, would be our final race and uh, we would have concluded the World Marathon Challenge was a very, very exciting feeling. Um, I was pumped. I was pumped to do Brazil and then I was more pumped to get on the plane and and get over to Miami. So just to set the scene for you, um, going into the Brazil Marathon, 
everyone was uh, trying to stay as hydrated as possible. So we're drinking all kinds of waters and electrolytes and um, you know, wearing particular clothes, like trying to get shorts and, and really short sleeve tops and just trying to, to stay as cool as possible. We were always seeking the shade before the race and um, yeah, tried to get started as quickly as possible. So um, this race, I actually got the opportunity to run alongside a couple of the other participants, uh, Alicia and Kerry, who I didn't really get the chance to, to hang out with or, or get to know in some of the other races. So I was super keen to hang out with these girls. Uh, phenomenal women achieving some phenomenal stuff. And it just so happened that the three of us weren't tracking that well um, with a few injuries. So um, we thought a we thought we would stick together. Uh, my toe was still definitely not recovered and my feet were swelling as well. So I had to use a different pair of shoes, a bigger pair. Um, and you know, massive thanks to, to Kerry for lending me her shoes. And um, yeah, we started that race knowing that we weren't gonna break any records, but we were just happy to be out there running and racing and doing what we loved and doing it in the Brazilian heat, um, which the other girls probably weren't as excited about as I was. <laughs> Um, if I haven't mentioned it, it was really hot. Uh, so we were often carrying bottles of water and electrolytes as we were running. The race director and the, t the team also had uh, ice buckets set up throughout the whole course. You know, hydration was massive for us. So we were always, um, you know, even using sponges in an ice bucket just to have the sponge on us at all times, just to really cool our body temperature down as we, as we did the race. So. The first half of that race for me and the, the two girls, Kerry and Alicia that I was running with, we, um, we didn't go out very fast. We actually decided that we wanted to start the Brazil um, marathon with a bit of a run-walk strategy, which I had implored in other races and worked really well. So, you know, you run for a certain amount of time and then you give yourself a certain limit of walking to recover and, and really get your breath and get going again. And then you run and then you walk and then you run. And it just gives you that extra recovery time, especially with the pain that we were in from some of the injuries. And um, obviously race six of seven, our body was under a lot of pressure that week. And, you know, with one race to go, you wouldn't want to get to Brazil and, and have an injury take you out or, you know, have something happen where you're not in a position to uh, complete the, the final race. So we took it a bit easy and what again what I call the first half of a marathon, the, the front half, which is about 21 k's. We did this sort of run walk strategy and um, it was hot and I was loving it but uh, it definitely felt like that race was going for a long time and at the halfway mark, 21.1 k's in, I remember myself and the, the other two girls, we kind of just looked at each other and we said, you know, this is going to take us a while <laughs> if we keep doing this. So why don't we just um, start running and, and just give it everything that we've got. Um, obviously, don't push it to the point where we, we break and we get more injured, but just let's, let's see what we've got left in the tank here in Brazil. And we did. That's exactly what we chose to do with, with all of the grit and determination on our faces. All three of us just started running and didn't stop. We just, we just ran and we ran and we ran. And I ran as hard as I could. I ran with everything that I had. I ran like I wouldn't have anything left in the tank when I crossed the line. And after that race, I remember having a, a conversation with one of the other competitors and they actually shared that um, I was termed Miss Negative Split after that race because <laughs> 
somehow in the in the back half of Brazil in those final 21.1 kilometers I found something and I was able to perform and run at such a level after having already completed five marathons I'm in the back half of race six I'm about to do seven the seventh marathon tomorrow and and somehow I just I picked up my pace and I ran with everything that I had and Brazil was actually one of my faster times. It wasn't my fastest, but it was one of my faster times. I completed Brazil faster than I completed some of the other marathons, which was a bit crazy to think about considering we'd run walk the first half of it. We, I still did a sub six in time, which I didn't think was gonna be possible. And what I really learned from Brazil was that when you play to your strengths, when you sit in your strength zone, the thing that you're good at, the thing that you're, you're purposed in, things work out really well. It's not easy, but things work in your favor when you play to your strengths. See, what was happening is that not only did I enjoy the conditions we were in, my body and my mind was trained for those conditions. So just to take you back, six months before the World Marathon Challenge, I ran a multi-staged ultramarathon through the desert in the middle of Australia in Alice Springs. It was a four-day race. We did 130 Ks. There was like thousands of meters of elevation. It was literally like running through a desert with no shade over mountains. And I loved it. <laughs> My body was conditioned for that race because that was what I'd prepared myself for. So not only did I physically know how to um, my body physically knew how to, to operate in the heat because of this race that I did in the desert. The, the last six months or even the last, let's say, four months in the lead up to the World Marathon Challenge after I ran through the desert doing a multi-stage race, it was our Australian summer. So all of my training in the, in the really kind of final stages of my training program, all of it was in the heat. All of it was in humidity. So my body and my mind was, was physically and mentally prepared for heat. I didn't even think about that until when I finished Brazil and I realized that I run really well when it's really, really, really hot. <laughs> and it was crazy to think about that my body just knew what to do. When I let it go and I let my body just take off and run, like it figured it out. My, my brain was mentally prepared for that race. Everyone else was like complaining and being like, take me back to the Antarctic. And I was like, heck no, <laughs> this race is awesome. Like I said, it was my favorite. But I think one of the reasons why it was my favorite is because I was conditioned for it. And playing to your strengths like I did in Brazil can be just the same in life. You might be working towards a goal right now and things aren't working well for you but you might be playing in your weaknesses. You might be operating in a zone that, that's not for you. You might be operating in an area that you're not conditioned for. You might be working with people that don't understand your personality. You might be working with people and you don't understand their personality. <laughs> you know, whenever I, whenever I run now, I realize that I run better in the heat because I was conditioned for it. But it's the same in life. If I condition myself well for leadership, I'll be a better leader. 
If I condition myself to connect well with people, I will connect better with people. Whatever you condition yourself for and whatever your strengths are, that's where things work out really well. If you play to your strengths, great things happen because you're in your zone. I remember a mentor of mine used to talk about um, a famous Olympic swimmer who's really great at freestyle wouldn't be asked to do backstroke. There would be no point in getting an Olympic freestyler to do backstroke because they're good at freestyle, they're not good at backstroke. <laughs> now, maybe there's somebody who is an exception to that rule and they happen to be really great at both of them, but there would be no point as a coach of an Olympic freestyler to always get them in the pool doing backstroke because they're not good at it. They're at an Olympic level in freestyle. <laughs> so train them well in freestyle. And it's the same for you. Whatever you're doing, whether it's at work or in your own personal life or even at home or in your friendships and your relationships, are you playing to your strengths? Let's take a fitness program, for example. You know, you might absolutely have a fantastic strength zone for, um, you know, bench press. You might just be amazing at bench press. That might just be your thing. But you're continually trying to do deadlifts and you're wondering why it's not working. Maybe deadlifts aren't your thing. Now, I know that sounds like a silly example, but we all have things that we're great at. You know, it might only be a handful of things, but we all have those, those strengths. Now, we have weaknesses too. <laughs> so the more you stop playing in your, your weaknesses and the more you play to your strengths, the greater you become because you're, you're um, naturally inclined to be good at it. <laughs> And then if you're training yourself in that area, then you're conditioned for it as well. And the accumulation of my favorite temperature being hot <laughs> and the accumulation of my body and my mind being conditioned for the heat made Brazil fun. How is it that the sixth out of seven races could be fun? <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> and I got that name Miss Negative Split because I was able to run the back half of a marathon so much faster than the front half that it was crazy. And it was because I was playing in my strength zone. And I really, really want to encourage you when you want to enjoy something, when you want to be good at something, just make sure that it's something that is in your strength zone, something that you are naturally inclined to. You know, you might be feeling like you're pushing a rock up a hill at the moment, and it just might happen that your focus is in the wrong direction. You might just need a, a, a little tweak in focus to something else and all of a sudden it's just going to start working because it's the thing that you're good at. You know, often I, I love leadership and often I accidentally find myself in situations where I'm, I'm not playing to my strengths because leadership is complex and the more I learn, the more I know that I don't know stuff. And so <laughs> I'm constantly trying to evolve who I am as a leader and as a person to be my best self. And in leadership, I can often get caught out trying to do things that look attractive rather than doing things that look difficult but are actually easier because I'm stronger in them. You know, I, sometimes I follow the things that are bright and shiny rather than the things that I know that I should be doing that are going to make me better. And it's the same for you. When you play to your strengths, great things happen. So I'd love to encourage you as we finish up episode seven in Brazil and we get ready for episode eight, the final one in Miami, um, play to your strengths. It helps with your confidence. It helps grow your ability and it helps you be better at something that you're already 
great in. So play to your strengths and see great things happen. My name is Beck Mitchell. I am your podcast host. This has been Run With Soul, episode seven of a nine part series regarding the World Marathon Challenge, which is running seven marathons on seven continents in the space of seven days. I'm really excited to continue this journey with you. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember, no matter whether you're running a business, whether you're running a family, or whether you're running a race, run it with soul.